You're listening to Everyday Consequences by Sean P. Keenan, found at gettingtogod.com. I want to warn you, I got a soapbox. I keep it in my back pocket. I whip it out. Anytime I get into a subject like this, wham, smack, on the floor it goes. And I got a bullhorn. Do you hear my bullhorn? That wasn't really a bullhorn. That was me sticking my hands over my face. Anyway, I want to talk to you about everyday consequences and things that we accept as everyday consequences that we don't have to accept. Now, in the last podcast, I talked about sin and how, you know, I touched on this subject, how, you know, basically there are consequences for our sins and we don't pay attention to them because we accept them as everyday life. We don't associate them with our actions. I'm not trying to bash anybody here. I'm not trying to, to, to offend anybody here, but ADHD is a good example. I was sitting with a friend the other day, eating, and my kid was going off. And ironically enough, we were getting into a conversation about ADHD, and what I've seen as someone who worked, who has, who had a child development associate certification and 21, 22 years of experience working with kids, not counting my time with Jewel. Counting my time with Jewel, you're looking at about 25 years. And while we're starting, while we're, we're in the middle of this discussion about ADHD, Jewel is bouncing off the walls, basically. Daddy, Daddy, there's a, there's a kitty on the wall over there. Daddy, what do you think the kitty's name is? Oh, my goodness. Oh, there, how many owls are up there? How many owls are up there, Daddy? Oh, Daddy, they're selling shirts right there. There's shirts right there. Can I get a shirt? Daddy. Now, normally during the week, we eat really healthy. We have one day a week that we call our junk food day. And on junk food day, we eat whatever we want. Pizza and burgers and fries and cookies and all that kind of stuff. So she's not exposed to sugar very much. My, my daughter, Jewel, is not exposed to sugar very much. So when it hits her, it's like, wham! She just goes nuts like you wound up a little toy. Zoom, 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 zoom. She even says it herself. I got a sugar buzz! And it's sort of ironic. Because I'm sure like the people sitting around are looking at me like, what, you're talking about ADHD? Look at what your kid, your kid is bouncing off the walls. And it hits me. Wait a minute. It's not junk food day, but wait a minute. About 45 minutes before that, she had some lemonade and she had a cookie and a muffin and the cookie had um, like powdered sugar all over it, right? So she's flipping out. She's cool. She's well behaved, but she's like all over the place. On and on and on and on and on. And she's hilarious when she does it. She's cute. She's wagging her head back and forth. Her hair's flipping around. She's smiling and giggling and stomping her feet back and forth. It's a little exhausting, but it's it's adorable. And she's like bending over backwards on my arm and just exhausting me. While we're sitting in the middle of this place talking about ADHD and my criticisms about the whole subject. I saw this tragedy when I was working with children and families. That these children would be labeled as problem children by teachers. And it often started in the classroom as teachers. And the, the problem with teachers in general is that most teachers these days, they want to collect a paycheck and go home. They don't want to do the proper things that you need to do to, to help raise up a child. And that is to use things like emergent curriculum 
technical documentation and observation and, and other tools that you have as a teacher. And, and they don't want to reach the child where they're at, as a teacher is supposed to do, instead of the opposite, which, is a, which a lot of teachers do, and that's expecting the child to come to them. They lay out a lesson plan, put their activities out, do their circle time, do their meal times, whatever, and the children that don't engage, well, naturally, they kind of go crazy. And there are other factors that go into this. Screen time being one of them. Without getting too deep into it, there's a direct correlation between the rise in technology and the rise in things like ADHD. And what I saw in every single case was, was that the children who were often labeled as problem children were really not. It was a problem teacher. But that teacher didn't know how to deal with it. And that teacher would tell the parent this and this and this and this and this. And then they'd get involved with taking the kid to the doctor. And then, of course, the doctor gets a nice kickback for having a quick remedy. ADHD meds. Don't get me started on those. It's a whole sermon. But those same kids, for example, you know, you'd have teachers sometimes that would just like come through the room pulling their hair out. I can't stand this kid! Driving me crazy! And oftentimes, working in early childhood, you would, you would exchange services, so to speak. And you'd say something like, well, why don't you just bring him in my room for a little while, give you, give you a break. And we did that out of kindness and, and community. But the, the teacher would come back in the room and an hour later when the kid would be put in my room and the kid would be sitting there engaged and happy and calm and the teacher's jaw would hit the floor and usually there was a comment like, how did you do that? And then I'd explain it. And anytime I went into a home and helped broken families or, or had parent-teacher conferences and talked about remedies to certain situations... What happens is I would say, you know what, cut out the screen time, cut that way down, watch your sugar intake, watch the kind of foods the kid's eating, start to get the kid into sort of a natural environment program where they can explore outside. And when there was room for it, I would say there's, you know, you need natural exploration and you need godly exploration. 90% of the time, 95% of the time, when the parents would follow that sort of a regimen, the symptoms that they labeled as things like ADHD and problems that they needed medication for, they'd go away. And I don't, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so yelly and preachy. I just I get so angry about this because kids get neutralized. And I don't like to see that. I've seen the most bright, brilliant children who are so smart and so kind and so wonderful, and all they need is someone to reach them where they are. But they go to the doctor, and the doctor's solution is drug them. And then it's really hard to reach them once they get on those medications. And the teachers are happy because the kids now fit in and don't give them problems. And the doctors are happy because, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of politics that get, that that are involved in prescribing these drugs, and I won't get into that right now. The point is, as parents, at times, we, we throw the most convenient solution at our children to, to an issue that we're experiencing. An emotional outburst, or whining, or boredom, or anything like that. We'll, we'll, we'll throw a convenient solution at them. And then when it causes the consequences, we don't see that because we see it everywhere and we accept that as everyday life and then we end up treating the consequences 
like they're symptoms of something else. And this leads in to everyday life for all of us. All of us. And it is about sin, but it's not just about sin. Not everything is a sin, but everything has a consequence. Be it leaning toward positive consequence or negative consequence. The junk food that we eat often causes all kinds of health problems that we write off as as just normal life or genetics or whatever. The cell towers that are going up everywhere that, that, oh my gosh, there's a direct correlation. Hey, look at this. There's a direct correlation between the technology rise throughout the 90s and and the zeros and the tens and beyond and the rise of things like symptoms and of things like ADHD. Hey, look at this. There's a direct correlation between the rise in cell phone technology and towers going up and the people that are living near these towers getting cancers suddenly. Oh, look, there's a direct correlation between between this new thing that's popped up and this consequence. You know what? That's everyday life. No, it's not. And that may sound like bad news, but there's some really good news here. It means that we have an amount of control over our own lives and our own consequences that most people are not being told about. Sin is a good example. I've talked many times about the porn addiction that I had. Basically still have. I haven't engaged with it for a long time. But in the last podcast that I released, I talked about how relationships would get better or worse every single time I'd start or stop. And there was never an exception. And I learned that there were consequences that I had previously. I looked at porn for decades and I had previously taken those consequences as normal everyday life. I never knew that they were consequences of that sin, that bad habit, because I never tried to stop. So I did the thing, I got the consequences, and I lived with them. Never knowing that I had some power to get them out of my life. Same thing happened with drinking alcohol. I would only drink maybe three to six times a year, but I would get really drunk when I did. And there would be a lot of consequences for it for like the next two weeks. I wasn't a mean drunk. I was actually a fun drunk, but things were happening spiritually afterward. Doors were opened, and communications were harder, and I was not a conduit for the Holy Spirit. There's been all kinds of things in my life that have been like that. Grace once had high blood pressure and cholesterol, and she went to the doctor, and the doctor told her, Well, you're in your 40s now. You're going to have to go on this medication. That's just normal. A lot of people in their 40s or 50s go on this medication, and that's just you're going to have to be on it the rest of your life, and that's just it. Grace said no. She went out and changed her diet. She started exercising more. Her blood pressure and cholesterol came down to normal levels, and she got off the medication. She's never been on it since, and that was probably six, seven years ago. So she would have accepted that. If I would have accepted the porn, the consequences of corn, porn, corn, don't eat corn. There are consequences to eating corn. I screw up sometimes. Excuse me. Porn. There are consequences to porn. And if I would have just accepted them, I would have continued with the consequences and not realized that I had control over them. And, and, and if I would have just continued drinking and not paid attention to the consequences of those and associated them with the, with the poor behavior, the sin, 
I would have continued and I would have continued to have consequences and never separated the two. And Grace would not have gotten her health under much more control and she would have accepted being on this medication that caused problems by itself for the rest of her life. And, and this is why I'm a bit yelly right now and I'm on my soapbox. It's not really a soapbox. Don't tell anybody that's not public information. But I get angry about this stuff. I get angry because I know from experience, and a lot of people I know know from experience, and a lot of people like alternative medicine doctors know from experience that sometimes there were really easy fixes to stuff. And we're not being told. We're not being told things in churches, in a lot of churches now, that the devil and evil exist. And there are ways that we can fight off the consequences of engaging with, with those things. We're not being told that we can't do anything we want no matter what just because we believe in Christ. We're not being told about the power we have through Jesus Christ to heal ourselves from all sorts of things. And I'm not just talking about, oh, my elbow hurts because I played tennis for a few years and I said, God, heal me. Heal my tennis elbow and I was fine. I'm not talking about that stuff. I mean, sure, that stuff's possible. And I'm talking about healing yourself from everything. Healing yourself from behavioral disorders. Healing yourself from emotional disorders. Healing yourself. I'm going to tone it down a little bit talking about emotional disorders. Um. But we're not being told. We're not given the information. And we're not consciously separating our consequences from the causes of the consequences. And this is why I'm getting so angry about it. I, I'm, I don't try and favor anger, but it's like I'm watching my brothers and sisters have these awful things happen to them. And I know that if someone would just tell them that they've got some control over it, they could improve so many situations and so many things. And let me tell you, there's some terrible things that we can fix that we don't know we can fix. People getting cancers and then continuing taking the intake of, of, of junk food and all kinds of sugars and, and putting themselves around so many electronic devices 24 hours a day. Meanwhile, I'm seeing people that are told they have diseases like Parkinson's and, and, and you know, one doctor says, you've got Parkinson's, you're done. And then the next doctor says, you know what, take the cell phone away from your ear and then the symptoms go away. And I have seen people find natural remedies for things like cancers. People that were given no time left to live, guaranteed they were going to be dead within months. And they ended up doing things like completely changing their diet. And they stuck around for decades afterward. And I've seen it myself. Cutting down the screen time, cutting down the sugars, cutting down the things in kids' lives that make them bounce off the walls, and then suddenly they don't need medications. They don't need harsh punishments. They don't need people to get angry with them all the time. They don't need to be labeled and put on a list as a problem child. Let me tell you, the greatest remedy I have ever found, the direct root to any cure to just about anything, almost anything, it starts with prayer and talking to God and asking him to show you, you know, God, is there a reason that I'm going through what I'm going through? Show me. Help me understand it and help me fix it. 
he won't let you down. Now, there are a lot of other things that go into breaking consequences in your life. Um, you know, the realization of sin and bad behavior, even things that aren't sin, and repentance and, and bringing your bad behavior, turning it around into good behavior. It takes some work. There are, you know, things like putting God first in your life, getting rid of idolatry and all kinds of other things that are, that are no-nos. Getting rid of the moments where you want convenience so bad that you don't want to know where the consequence is coming from. You see, before I quit eating junk food 24 hours a day, seven days a week practically for the first 20-some years of my life, I didn't want to know. And as I started to suspect that, that a lot of my health problems were coming from that, I didn't want to know because I didn't want to lose the comfort of eating the way I was eating. And as I started to hear the godly voice that was telling me, you got to stop drinking, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know because I didn't want to lose that comfort. And when I, when I started to realize you got to stop the porn, I didn't want to know. I fight sin like that because, God, this world hurts. And those comforts are, are wonderful at first. But as I've said before, you got to make a choice. You can, either, you can either do the short-term reward with the long-term sacrifice or you can have the short-term sacrifice with the long-term reward. So that's where you start. Talk to God about it. Ask him to show you. You've got some health issues. You've got problems in relationships. You've, you've got problems prospering with, with finance and, and, and jobs and all kinds of things. You talk to him and you ask him. God, show me. Is there something I'm doing that I can change? And before you know it, you'll have an inflow of information. And you might fight it at first, but eventually it'll become clear enough that you'll have a choice. And even though that choice hurts, trust me, it hurts bad sometimes. What we got to remember is that the rewards always far outweigh the sacrifices. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Everyday Consequences by Sean P. Keenan, found at gettingtogod.com. Find many other articles, videos, collections, and lots of other information about the search of the soul at gettingtogod.com.